Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keefe. All right, so the summer is uh, sort of flying by here now. We're at the end of July. The MLB trade deadline's coming up. The Yankees are sort of running the table, running the show in the AL East, making the moves to separate themselves from the rest of the division. And uh, we sort of take things in a different direction here on the, on the Keep to the City podcast. And uh, a look behind the scenes of the Dan Patrick show with uh, Dan Overlock. Uh, you know him as Two-A-Days. You can follow him on Twitter at Two-A-Days. That's with a Z on the end there, uh, a Guilford native and uh, you know a friend of mine from the hometown in Guilford, Connecticut, joins us today to to sort of give us a behind the scenes look on the on the famous Dan Patrick show. Dan, how's it going today? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me, Neil. Yeah, Appreciate no problem. It. Thanks for coming on. I know uh, you guys. It's sort of uh, it's sort of a weird period for radio because a lot of radio hosts take a lot of time off in the summer, but it's also that sort of the time when uh, things start to pick back up again with the MLB trade deadline. Now we're post All Star game, second half, and uh, after the bore that is sort of. Uh, you know, you get that that sort of dead period from the Super Bowl to March Madness, and then March Madness. Oh, yeah. March Madness, really, to now, I guess, unless you're, you know, a crazed baseball fan, it's sort of, you know, not exactly the prime time for sports. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough period from March to now. I mean, you got baseball going on. Baseball is kind of on a decline with uh, popular opinion with fans, but uh, NFL always takes over usually. Um, so with all this stuff going on now, it's kind of still in the forefront. So uh, yeah, it's still still very much a topic. Yeah, and I feel like uh, for for you guys being you know involved with the Patrick Show and the the serious uh, setup you have with the man cave there in Milford, Connecticut, uh, you know, from only seeing on a, on a television perspective, uh, it, it pretty much looks like the greatest place any guy could think up in their head. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I started five years ago. Now I was fresh out of college when I started, and. Uh, I got came in for the interview and just saw the place and was like, "Oh my god, this can't be a workplace." There's a guy. You got a golf simulator in there. You got a half basketball court, full bar, uh, pool table, uh, pinball machines. Can't beat it at all. And uh, just working with Dan Patrick is great because I mean he's one of the top names in sports. So with that environment and him as your boss, can't beat it. Yeah, and I feel like you, when you look at that that set and that situation you're in and all those things and. It's not just for show. I can imagine that you know people stay late or show up early because you want to be in that seat and be involved there. And there's there's so much to do. It's not just the workplace. It becomes like sort of a second home. You'd feel like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm there early. I get there like six thirty in the morning. Kind of do our morning check in, do some prep work, and get the studio ready. Turn the lights on, and we're all in there around the same time. And uh, we're all we're all out about the same time. Dan kind of tried to create an environment with the man cave of a place that you would want to stay late, just like you just said. Um, that's what he's always talked about. And it, it's just an environment you want to hang out in and uh, you, you don't want to leave. It's like you go home and it's kind of home boring compared to your workplace. <laughs> I feel like with you and being, uh, you know, sort of on the younger end of the spectrum there. And it seems like, you know, when you tune into the show, you, you sort of, you know, let the jokes roll off of you, but being like, 
not not the rookie per se. Like you've been there for five years, but it seems like you know from watching it on the NBC Sports and and from hearing it on the radio, it seems like uh, because you're the young guy, even though you've had the service time there, you're still treated as like you're almost a new guy, even though you're not. Yeah, well, I mean, you got the same guys you work with every single day for five years. I mean, you got some background guys that switch around, but but all the Danettes and Dan, I've been with them the whole time. So it's kind of like um, you kind of build this camaraderie, and it's kind of you have your place among amongst each other, and uh, it kind of just stays that way, which is great. I mean, the dynamic is great between all of us. Yeah, I mean, I take some take some heat here and there for certain things, just being the young guy, but. But uh, either way, it's 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 still cool to kind of to kind of have that same um, role after five years and uh, and the same camaraderie that we've always had. So it's, it's been pretty cool. And the thing that's always shocked me, you know, whether it was you know working in radio in the past or doing the writing online or doing the blogs and such, and the the, the idea of the morning show or having a morning show or anything that's relatively close to the morning show has always amazed me because. Uh, you know, whether it's you or other friends I have that are in the city and, you know, with WFAN or places around the country and the aspect of the morning show and getting there crazy early and doing prep work and then staying later in the afternoon and everyone, you know, outside of the world that hears the show figures, oh, you just work for three or four hours, then you go home, but they don't yeah. really realize what goes into it before and after. And, you know, you met, you alluded to it earlier that you get there at 6.30. So, you know, sort of take us through the day-to-day there. You know, get there at 6.30. You're not out of there until, you know, mid to late afternoon. And what goes through the the hours that you're there? Well, so I go in. I kind of do the morning check in. Uh, we have a studio in LA, so we have uh, I think about twelve or thirteen robotic cameras in our studio. So we have a whole control room in LA at Directv that controls all those. So we have a whole production team over there producing and and directing and everything, um, camera wise, TV wise. We're so we're radio in the studio, but they're TV for us. So it's kind of like a simulcast deal. Um, so I come in, kind of uh, set up with them, make sure everything is good on the on the connections and everything with the cameras and the radio mics, and then kind of come in. Everyone gets in. We kind of we do a little prep work, print out some articles for Dan, um, come up with a couple ideas in your head to kind of bring up in the meeting, um, just anything that will bring to the show, um, any kind of articles or anything someone's written, and then they have a morning meeting, um, and I do a bunch of production work, so I do. I cut some audio for certain uh, promos that have to be sent out every day, and then uh, showtime hits. It's kind of like <laughs> it's it's kind of like the calm before the storm before 9 a.m. And then once 9 a.m. hits, you're live on television, and radio. So it kind of like this is a blur from then on. I'm answering phone calls, I'm recording audio, cutting audio, um, grabbing things off the printer for Dan to bring in to read off on air, and uh, yeah, kind of goes from there. <laughs> well, you, you talk about getting the phone calls, and because it's a national show, you're not localized, so you don't have to worry about <laughs> just New York and just Yankees and Mets callers yeah. or Giants Jets. You get sort of the landscape of the whole country, and, and I guess at that point, anything goes, and anybody could be calling in about any certain topic. So, you know, what is the the most absurd call you get at this time of the year? I know, you know, from listening to sports radio in New York and being in New York, whether it's WFAN and callers today calling in to say that Mark Teixeira is the AL MVP over Mike Trout. Uh, I'm sure you get your fair share of that from a national perspective. Well, you gotta, you got to decide what will work nationally. So I answer phone calls, and I, I hear people, obviously, from all over the country. So everyone's got their opinion on their own team or their own location. You know? So if I get a guy from California saying Trout 
should be MVP, guy from New York saying Teixeira should be MVP, they got to give me a solid reason why. So I'll put them on if they have a good reason, but not just for the reason because, oh, Trout's the best. Oh, that's it, you know. So, but um, during football season is kind of the craziest. The, the phone calls come in. College football fans are absolutely the most passionate ones out of any calls that I get. So guys in like SEC, like Alabama fans, call in. Dance is like one thing, and Alabama fans will call in and be like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about." Blah blah blah. So they're the most spirited, which is a lot of fun to listen to because being from the Northeast, you don't really see it that much being up here. But down south, football is college football is huge. So I get that a little taste of that every single day when those guys call in. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, both of us being from the same place where pro sports sort of rule everything and, uh, you know, everything starts with Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Giants, Jets, Patriots, and so on. And you don't get that college football taste because there's no real good college football in the area. Uh, yeah. Have you sort of, you know, over the last five years become part of that culture? Do you, do you find yourself watching it more and, and caring about it more than you ever did growing up because the callers care about it? Well, I actually grew up a huge Notre Dame fan. So I was always a big college football fan. That was my main team. Uh, never really liked the NFL that much growing up. I, not that I didn't like it. I just never followed it as much. But working on the show with Dan, working for Football Night in America, I've become a much more, uh, much bigger NFL fan than I than I used to. So college football was always there for me. But NFL really kind of, I kind of fell into liking it, working for the show more than uh, college football. Yeah, and now with uh, with the NFL sort of being king of the sports world and it's sort of drowning out what's going on in the baseball world right now because of you know storylines with the flake gate, with Tom Brady, with the Patriots situation, it just seems like no matter what happens, if there's an NFL headline, it will sort of trump everything else. And I feel like that's not just you know whether it's, whether it's with you and Dan Patrick's show. It seems like that's every sports radio show where if there's something hot in the NFL headlines, it will go above any other storyline for the day. Yeah, always. I mean, even if you look at ESPN's website every single day, I mean, if there's one little NFL thing that happens, it's it's in the top line, you know. Um, uh, baseball, they, it goes with it goes with trends. I, I feel like. I mean, baseball once October hits, that that becomes big, but it's also kind of challenged by the NFL season starting and and kind of just rearing up, you know. Um, but always NFL, even with the Brady Deflate case stuff right now. It's a much bigger story than the trade deadline happening, you know. Like we were barely talked about uh, talked about all the trades going on today compared to just the speculation about what could happen to Tom Brady or what the next step is, and and no one really even knows anything besides the fact that he's suspended for four games. So beyond that, it's that people still want to talk about it. But I mean, you got much bigger things going on in, in Major League Baseball, so it's, it's pretty fascinating. I feel like the the one thing that separates uh, your show from the rest of the shows or Dan shows from the rest of the shows is that you turn it on any day and it seems like there's a there's a good rotation of guests. There's a good uh, you know variety pool of guests. It's not the same people doing the week Wednesday spot or the Thursday spot. You could turn it on and you know there's Wayne Gretzky talk or there's Clayton Kershaw talk or um, you know it just seems like the biggest names in sports are always on the show. And I feel like you know to be part of that to have the biggest names in sports at that time or the biggest names in the history of sports for that matter, um, it gives the show sort of a different element than any other sports show in the sense that you, you just never know what you're going to get, but it's always someone that's a household name. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about the show. I mean, we, 
we have guys on, we'll, we'll get on a topic about the, what's the best album of all time, you know, and then we'll have a writer from Rolling Stone come on just to talk about it during like a big sports day, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty great that way. Dan's open to anything. The best part about Dan and, and working for him is he's always open to creativity. If you have an idea, it's never a bad idea. Like throw it out always and that throw it at him and, and, and see what comes of it. Cause you never know what comes of it. Making a little comment could create like an hour of content for the entire show. So that's what kind of creates, um, the guest list. Um, like yesterday we had a, a guy from Harvard, like the a, a kid getting his NBA at Harvard, who's just like an analytics guy. And he just predicted with some algorithm that the Miami dolphins are going to be good this year. And Dan like read it. And then he's like, oh, let's have this guy on. It sounds great. Let's do it. Because content's it's, it's interesting. It's different. So we always try to take a different take. And that's what I think Dan's, the Dan's best at is being creative and taking a different take. And that's what I think people are drawn to with his show. And our show is just, it's, it's always been my favorite thing. Even working in the show, it's my favorite thing being a listener and a watcher of the show as well. Yeah, and I feel like uh, whether you turn on a station in New York or whether it's Boston or you know Dallas and anywhere you go on a football Friday or anything like that, it's sort of the same guys just calling into each show around the country, the so-called football insiders or experts or the baseball insiders or experts. And I think that's the, the most unique thing about Dan Patrick's show is that they'll have anyone on at any time, like you mentioned. And even a guy who you know is a, is a good Keep to the City podcast guy, Danny Picard, I mean, he's, he's, a, <laughs> yeah. he's a Dan Patrick regular. Oh, yeah, he is, yeah. I mean, it's great. Like, today, we, we got down to the nitty-gritty of, of the whole deflate gate thing and the Tom Brady suspension. So we had to um, – so we basically – we had, like, Mike Florio on, who's a lawyer guy who who's, gets the specifics, and uh, Tom Curran from uh, Comcast New England, you know. So the, we just had basically just, just sports writers on today, and that's fine, but it's great for a story like this. Um, but other than that, it, we – we have anybody on, so it's cool to have that kind of dichotomy between the two different things, having like big names or just kind of just sports or beat writers, you know. Well, you guys have had, uh, you know, like I mentioned, whether it's Gretzky, the the best person to ever put on a pair of skates for hockey in the history <laughs> of the sport, or Kershaw who wins the Cy Young every week, every year, or you know MVPs, All Stars, Hall of Famers. You guys seem to top it all. Who's the guy that? you know, you, you hear the best stories from or seems to, to bring the most? Is there one person that sticks in the mind when they come on the show? No, oh, man. I honestly, um, I think Charles Barkley brings so much to the show just because Dan and his rapport is fascinating because they, they, you're just listening, listening in on a conversation they're having and you're lucky enough to be in the room. And Charles' stories from from playing in the NBA against Michael and all those guys is just unreal. And the way he tells them, you, you, you kind of like love to hate him or hate to love him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I think it's, it's the funniest, it's the funniest thing. And to get the best stories. Um, another one, I think whenever Larry Bird comes on the show, Larry Bird was on the other day. He was just so relaxed with Dan. The best thing about Dan, what he does with guests is he makes them feel welcome on the show and so that he makes them feel more comfortable than any other host could. And so they're more likely to say something better, which is awesome um, because it lets the listener in on a private conversation and hearing about the behind the scenes of something you wouldn't normally get if they're on some other show. 
I agree, and I feel like that's that's a that's a big difference maker because of other shows they'll just sort of uh, you know rapid fire quiz the person on the topics that people they think people want to hear when it's not necessarily what they want to hear. And um, exactly. I keep going back to the Kershaw one, but I remember you know a couple months ago um, I think it was the day when you did the sing off of Fradiani when he had Kershaw on, and they're <laughs> talking about fatherhood and just being you know you just watching and you just feel like these guys have known each other forever it just seems like a conversation between buddies it's not necessarily an interview yeah exactly dan does it with anybody he, I, I one time i forget who he was having an interview with but he got off the phone i was like oh how long have you guys known each other like to whoever he was talking to he's like oh i never met him <laughs> i was like what do you mean He's like, yeah, I've, ne- I've never met the guy. Just that was the first time I ever talked to him. Like, yeah, I, I would have thought you guys been talking for years together. That's that's just the talent of Dan. It's just great. Well, for you, I mean, coming into this situation five years ago and working for Dan and being part of the generation that sort of grew up watching him and older men on Sports Center, and he was the fixture on ESPN and uh, you know what Sports Center became or what it's still trying to be. Uh, you know what's that situation like? We're walking into the to the door and you got a job with him, and he's sort of this you know sort of larger than life figure for what we grew up with. You know, in in elementary, middle school, junior high school, and high school, and now you're finally working for him. Well, it was intimidating at first. I mean, he he called me himself um, to kind of come in and for an interview. You know, so I came into the studio just kind of blindly out of college, young kid. Bright out and bushy tailed, and uh, <laughs> came in, and uh, it's Dan Patrick just standing there. I'm like, okay, so I'm here now. So now I have to do something to impress him, try to try to get my foot in the door, you know. And uh, got my foot in the door, and just first week, couple weeks, you're nervous because it's Dan Patrick. You're like, oh my god, like I'm working for Dan Patrick. I'm working in the same room with him every single day, and. Uh, it was kind of surreal because we, you know, just like you did growing up in Guilford, you watch Sports Center in the morning, watch it at night, you watch it three times in the morning when it keeps replaying and replaying while you're eating cereal, and um, you, you just it's it's surreal seeing him just every day. Even still, five years five years now, I see him, and you get kind of complacent with it because you you just see him every day. But then when you go out and people are like starstruck with Dan, you're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, he's like a big deal. <laughs> and I think the 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 most uh, down to earth time you get to see Dan from an outside perspective is like when NBC sort of cuts in for like those seconds while they're still in commercial but they're really not, and they show you guys just like you know in the room whether it's you know shooting basketball or something, and the conversation's still carrying over, and he's still just talking sports like he would with you know a, a professional athlete or a coach or whatever, but he's doing it you know with the guys that work on his crew and work on his show, and I think that. That that shows the you know the fans or, or the watchers or the audience you know who he really is and that he just carries the conversation over and it's just normal and it's seamless and it's almost like uh, he's not trying to do anything special that's just who he is. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to. We don't want to force anything is is the thing because when you try when you start to start to try to create things it just comes off as just disingenuous and it, it's just people don't want to watch it. Uh, but what Dan does, he just kind of, we'll have a conversation. So there's even more time before those look-ins where we're just kind of like talking about stuff, kind of getting ready for the next segment. And then someone will say something that'll spark this conversation, like a poll question that McLovin will say something that'll create a controversy between Paulie and Seton. They'll be like, no, what are you talking about? And they'll just have an argument. And then all of a sudden you're just thrust into it in live television where you're just thrust in the middle of this argument with these two guys 
and you just get to see it and it's, and it's actual, it's real. Like they're actually having this argument because it started off camera and just kind of came over and that we don't hide from any of that. It's actually some of the best things we have. <laughs> well, for you and the two-a-days persona that you sort of adopted here and, you know, I, was that coming from when you first started and, and the haircut and the and the attitude, or how did that start and stick? Yeah, well, I had that I had that uh, two days Alabama uh, haircut, <laughs> the, the bangs, always in high school, that that Bieber look. Um, but so one of our one of our bosses at Directv, I had my first meeting is actually the first month I worked there, and I showed up first to this like dinner meeting. And our one of the higher ups was there. He's like, "Hey, you look like one of those guys from Two It Is." And so, <laughs> I needed a nickname because I'm Dan, and I can't be Dan because Dan's Dan. And uh, so they gave me that nickname, and it kind of stuck. And it's kind of become it's 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 great. I, I think it's it's cool to kind of have a persona um, that Dan can kind of like throw to when there's something that that's going on, you know. And I'm kind of the the scapegoat for a lot of funny things, so it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And how many encounters in uh, in real life have you had to deal with people not knowing your Dan and that you're two a days? Uh, all the time, people ask me, "What's your first name?" I'm like Dan. They're like, "Oh, what? <laughs> oh, you can't be Dan." I'm like, "Yeah, that's why I'm two a days." <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like also with it and with the persona and from you know whether it's Twitter, Instagram, it's sort of uh, you know you've gotten a chance. It seems like you're always taking pictures with or of, you know, athletes, supermodels. It seems like it's, it's gone a long way for you. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I've met a lot of cool people. Um, it's been crazy. Uh, if I, if you told me when I was in college, my senior year, five, five and a half years ago, I, if that I was doing this and meeting these people, I would have told you you're crazy. Um, just even, even the things we have planned coming up for like next Super Bowl and stuff is going to be nuts. And just thinking about all the people I get to meet, like Will Ferrell coming in to stress as Ron Burgundy. It was, it was the most surreal moment I've ever had in my entire life. He, I just opened the door in Milford, Connecticut, and it's just Will Ferrell dressed as Ron Burgundy. I'm like, hello, Will. He's like, hello, how are you? And he just laughed. Yeah, I think that's a cool aspect is that it's in Milford, Connecticut. It's not in Rockefeller Center. It's not in, you know, downtown Manhattan. It's not in the center of some city. It's just in Milford, like sort of near the water, sort of near where we're from. And uh, it's sort of uh, something that no other show in the entire country has going for it. Well, it's great because like we just had Jorge Posada come in, one of my favorite Yankees of all time, you know. And he comes in and he gets dropped off in a limo outside and I introduced myself, and he's like, oh, this is a great little town. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's what everyone seems to say. Like, Darius <laughs> Rucker said the same thing when he came to the town for the first time. Everyone's like, oh, it's a nice little town. I would never think to come here. I'm like, you probably would never have come here if we weren't here. <laughs> um, so it's cool to see. It's, it's, it's weird to see, like, all these big celebrities and people that I've grown up watching and idolizing in a town that I grew up uh, 20 minutes from and a town I've been in a, a million times in all these different situations. So it's kind of, it's very interesting. Well, for you and uh, being a Yankees fan like myself and uh, with, the, with the season, the way it's going, and I know on the radio people have to keep it objective and don't sort of want to have a rooting interest, but 
Uh, is it hard for you to not sort of show that rooting interest? Because people sort of get mad, whether it's, you know, home announcers for a radio network or television network. People like to think that everyone has to be objective and can't be a fan of a team, which I find ridiculous. And I feel like if you're watching, yes, if you're listening on WFAN, you would want the people you're listening to call the game, be a fan of the team. But do you ever find it hard to sort of hide that uh, Yankee fandom? Well, I don't. The best thing is Dan kind of has to not choose sides, but he gives us the outlet to be fans of teams. So, so we're allowed to do that because if you have a a, a room of a, a bunch of guys with all different teams, you're not you're not pigeonholed into one kind of uh, or excluding a fan base. You know what I mean? So he lets us have teams and lets us kind of like he lets me put my Yankees hat on or my or Yankees jersey on my chair. You know, um, he doesn't mind if we kind of do that. So I don't really have to hide it as much, um, which is cool. Um, I don't really always tell people because if I'm like answering phone calls and I get a call from someone in the SEC and I tell them I'm a Notre Dame fan, they'll just think I'm full of BS. If, <laughs> if I try to tell them something about the SEC, they like, you're a Notre Dame fan, so why am I going to listen to you? But that's why Dan is there to be kind of the buffer and be kind of like the voice of reason for everyone. When because he could call us out, say I'm a Yankees fan, he'd be like, "Oh, well, did you see that game, twenty-one to five, You know. And then he'll kind of weigh in on that and kind of walk me through it. Well, what are your, uh, your your feelings here on this season? I mean, a lot of people are sort of surprised at this team. I, I pick them every year to win the East because I don't want it <laughs> to end any other way. So everyone's sort of like, oh, they're you know exceeding expectations. They're not supposed to finish the way they are. But to me, they are. I mean, they're the Yankees. They should be where they are right now. And, uh, you know, with you and, and having your in at, at the show and having the power that Dan Patrick has, I should – be going to you for these, uh, you know, designated for assignment requests that I have for guys like Stephen Drew and such. I feel like maybe I need you to pump up uh, that noise across the country. Uh, don't even get started about Drew. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's great. I mean, the, the the best and worst thing about being a Yankees fan is expectation. Um, so it could be a curse or it could be a good thing. Depends on what season you're talking about. Um, so. I feel like at the beginning of the season, all the Yankees fans, just like me and you, are kind of we're kind of not ready. We had a lot of injuries. Tanaka was out, but I think we kind of come around. The most fascinating thing is Arod, because I can't get over the fact that last season everyone just wanted to just get rid of him and would hated him, and now you go to Yankee Stadium like I was just there, and people cheer his name when he's not even at bat. <laughs> it's, it's like they chant it. It's crazy. It's the most fascinating thing. And he's obviously performing really, really well. Um, I think they're performing above standard, to be honest. I mean, I didn't expect them to be where they are now. Like, what are the seven games in first place? Um, I mean, AL's pretty good. Royals are good. They kind of scare me a little bit. But uh, AL East, we got we're pretty much dominating. Yeah, and I think the unique dynamic with A-Rod is the idea that entering the season, no one knew what to expect from him coming off the year-and-a-half yeah. layoff. and. People didn't want to cheer for him. Girardi and Cashman said he had to earn a spot on this team. And now if you take him off this team, they'd probably be somewhere hovering around where the Red Sox are right now because he's been oh, that yeah. good for them. And it almost feels like uh, you know now people are, are cheering for him, but they don't want to. They don't know what to do. And uh, I love it because you know I've been supporting him. I thought um, you know his production would go a big way for this season. If they didn't have him at the share hitting the way they are, they wouldn't be where they are. So it's great to sort of turn back the clocks to 2009, 2010, and see these guys doing what they did five, six years ago. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I I liked Aaron. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was upset about the whole thing that happened. Um, I'm still having a hard time, kind of kind of getting into the groove of rooting for him. Like you obviously want to see the Yankees do well, and obviously pretty much carrying offense to a degree. Um, but I still have a hard time getting into it. You know what I mean? And I feel like some people are still on the fence, but a lot of people just have to buy in because there's no other option. <laughs> because if we don't have them, we're not where we are right now. I agree, and I think uh, with the way things are going now, Stretcher, it seems like they'll sort of run away and hide with the vision, and uh, they can go from there, and it's just about uh, getting sort of the, the rotation set because that seems to be the biggest question mark now that the offensive bullpen are going. So maybe you guys uh, yeah. can do a little a little plugging over the next 24 hours or so and get David Price to New York. I know. I saw that today, and that would be huge, but they're willing to give up some big prospects for him, so we'll see. I don't know. It, it, yeah. CC is kind of needs to be phased out. I feel like um, he's not performing as well. Uh, but David Price has had unbelievable amount to the, to the bullpen. So we'll see. Hopefully we don't have to give up too much for him. Uh, but that'd be a game changer. All right, Dan. Well, thanks for coming on and giving us a sort of behind the scenes look at what you do, what goes on at the Dan Patrick show. Hopefully, uh, the Yankees carry us through down the stretch and uh, we don't have to turn to football season as early as we have the last two years. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. I'll uh, I'll wear my Yankees hat every day if we get to the playoffs. <laughs> I'm sure. All right, Dan. Thanks again. No problem. Thanks.